You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, wherever you're uh, viewing today's show, citywide, statewide, nationwide. It is the Line to Gain show. We are officially Line to Gain here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I am the big O.J. Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson, and we are back Thursday, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on the Rumblings Network to bring to you the latest in football news, not only college, but pro, but it's offseason, so... Yeah. We're mainly discussing the Bills right now as we'll morph into some college football as we get closer to the start of the season. But um, not too much going on other than uh, a mass Rumor frenzy, a mass frenzy <laughs> of speculation. Yeah, and, um, I love it. I think it's fun. I think if you're going to do anything in the offseason, why not have a little fun with it? Exactly. I think that, um, you know, our fan, obviously, obviously, this is a fan base that is thirsting. We have a, a massive craving for another dynamic, big playmaking wide receiver. Uh, today, uh, the rumor mill started. Uh, a person that's been uh, at the forefront of a lot of speculation, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, those rumors started rolling again today. And Sarah, I don't know if you got to see much of it on Twitter, but uh, yeah. there was some pretty <laughs> funny stuff. It was. Uh, I was actually, I went out to dinner last night when when it kind of started and uh, my family's down from from New York. So we went out to dinner and they don't give a crap about anything to do with football, um, really. So uh, my sister, though, was getting a kick out of it. I'm, I'm explaining to her what's going on and and she's cracking up laughing. She's like, everyone's stalking their, you know, social media pages. I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of going nuts. And she was actually getting a kick out of the whole thing. She was like, why are you smiling? Why are you laughing? What do you do? Like, and I'm like, because this is happening and this is happening. Um, again, it makes for a fun off season. Um, you know, obviously this, this week we've, uh, decided to do the, the rebrand. So, uh, everyone got a little taste of the, the new video. That's going to be our intro video. Um, it's not finished yet. So, you know, bear with us. Um, I, you know, decided to upload it anyways today, uh, so that we didn't just kind of come in with, with the dead air. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm excited, uh, you know, having us, have the whole rebrand and um you know it's it's i can't believe it's been four months uh well i think we the hardest thing and props to sarah okay because believe me she's the mastermind behind this operation she's the one that does most of the work um i'm just old and lazy and kind of ride <laughs> her coattails but she's done a wonderful job and you know as you know we started this thing with three people and shortly thereafter we were hit with um 
uh, our third member was going to leave the show. And we're sitting here and we're going, you know, we want to, we, we think we can do this together. We don't need to bring in a third person. We think we do a well, a good enough job. We got a good rapport and all that. But I think Sarah will tell you, I don't think you understand how hard it is to find a name for a vidcast or a podcast that has not been taken by somebody yeah. else. It and is technically, technically line to gain has been used, but it is, um, it hasn't been used in years. So okay. I, I still couldn't just get line to gain as a, as a name on Twitter and stuff. I had to put spaces in between it and underscores. It's pretty crazy. You have, you know, someone else owns it at this point with one follower. It's, it's really annoying, but, <laughs> but right. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a process and, um, you know, it's been fun. And, you know, I have a marketing background from, from my past life. So it's been fun kind of creating all the, uh, the graphics and the, like I've been working on the video and, um, you know, it kind of keeps my, my hands, uh, involved in some stuff, uh, when I would otherwise be a little bored with, uh, you know, with, um, the off season, you know, not with nothing happening and everything, but, uh, so yeah. So, uh, how have you been? We haven't really chit chat much. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I'm just, it's a, it's terrible weather down here. Uh, lots of rain. It's gotten kind of cold. It, it's funny it, in Oklahoma, the old joke, if you wait five minutes, you're going to get another whole nother weather system. Right. I mean, we have, yeah. this thing changes all the time down here and, um, we've had real cold weather. Then we started getting really warm weather. Now we got a bunch of rain. Um, we do usually tend to get quite a bit of rain in the spring flood the lakes out and then get them back to normal by the time uh 4th july or even you know memorial day comes around but uh no i've just been working all that i'm I, you know i'm i'm kind of just running my deal you're the one that's got all the stuff going on down there got family <laughs> in town and that's why yeah. i like these all that's kind of why i like these off-season shows gives everybody a chance to just kind of relax a little bit talk about the news at hand we will get into some of the stuff going on with buffalo here in a minute obviously they signed another offensive lineman um I'd like to hear Sarah's uh, opinion of that or comments of that since, you know, we talked about left guard, right guard. Now we got another guy to throw into the mix. But uh, obviously you got a lot of people in town, so you're trying to juggle all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and actually the you were joking about how your weather has been bad. Well, mine was bad. I think last week I said how cold I was. Um, it finally got back into the 80s. So, like, yesterday we went out to dinner and I was actually able to to wear a tank top, not have to wear a big, huge, you know, sweater and freeze my butt off. Today we sat by the pool for a couple of hours mm -hmm. at the at their hotel and I got to watch my niece, you know, play in the water. The water was too cold. Didn't touch it. But, you know, had a blast doing all that stuff. But, you know, still have my, my phone next to me because I was hoping and praying that we were going to have um, something come uh, you know, to fruition today. But unfortunately, I think the biggest news was uh, that we, you know, uh, signed um, Ed, uh, David Edwards to yep, David <laughs> a one-year contract. Um, and then yesterday, I think it was that we re-signed uh, Questenberry to one year. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, we, we need a depth. Um, you know, I think that Tommy Doyle is going to come back. Um, so, you know, whether or not he will be you know, effective as a, a, a backup or the depth. Um, I think that it's nice to, to have these people come in here and push, you know, most of these guys aren't going to make the final roster. Um, but you know, we, we need camp bodies. We call them every year. Um, and there's going to be a couple people that surprise us. You know, everyone thought that OG Howard was going to be a, sh a shoe in last year. And, and he wasn't, he was cut, you know, after, um, after training camp. So, um, some, one of these guys is going to surprise us. And I mean, 
uh, we, I think we were all surprised when Bobby Hart made the team last year. Um, it, you know, I honestly think that he'll be back again. I think that there's no reason why if it's not at least uh, practice squad. Um, but we'll re-sign him for at least camp. Um, but think about it this way, Sarah, okay? So you go ahead, you start you start with Snowman, right? Then you roll to you roll to McGovern, and then you got Bates, then you got Morris, then you've got Brown, you've got Edwards. You have to figure you're gonna have a higher level draft pick in there. So there's seven. Then you got Quisenberry who just resigned as eight. That's eight already. Yeah. Okay. We, so I think you're missing one. Um I'm trying to I think. went Bates, Bates, McGovern, Edwards, Brown. Dawkins, Morris, we're going to have a high-level draft pick at, at, at Doyle, as a rookie. and then um, Mance. Right, but what I'm saying is how many are we going to keep on the roster? I think we'll keep nine. We usually right, so keep nine. There's going to be some people that you think are going to be here. There's going to be – I don't think – it's 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 going to be tough. Like if I was a free agent or a later-round pick as an offensive lineman, after what they've done now in the preseason, and I, I, I don't know if I would really want to come to Buffalo because it seems like – They've done what I kind of wanted them to do. I'm not real happy with the fact we picked another guard up. I'd like to have picked up a, a tackle. I know they feel that Quisenberry is that guy that, you know, maybe they can't find somebody in free agency that. I is thought Edwards is both. I thought Edwards could swing from from both. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I want a tackle. I want a true tackle. Now, yeah. granted, these guys that, that Bean wants and that Cromer wants, they're all six five plus or six four. They're longer guys. I think Edward uh, Edwards is what, um, he's uh, or is it Andrew? What's what's my man's name from Edwards? David Edwards. Edwards. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, he's six six, I think, six five six six, so three oh nine. Another long type body. Yeah. But the deal is, oh yeah, and Roy says in the comments, yep. Bodiger, Bodiger's, yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, Butker. So you you know, there's going to be some people moving on, but. I still think we're guard heavy. We're inside heavy. So what does that mean? I mean, are we at the point where you pick up two guards and now all of a sudden you're looking to my looking maybe to make a move in there somewhere where people yeah. have said, no, it's not going to happen. I, I, don't I know. think my opinion is they're not sure at guard. So they're picking up the depth pieces to, to kind of check it out. And I think they feel pretty confident in, in you know, Dawkins and, and Doyle, you know, backing them up. And then on the other side, they have, you know, Brown, they have Questenberry. And again, I had Dave, I had Edwards as, you know, rotational where he could he could play um, inside and out. So um, we'll see how it happens. I don't know. I, I will. Yeah, we will see. Um, obviously, he's another one that's had some issues with concussion, like our starting center, uh, Mitch Morris. But um I do like this, and and before we get into the speculation of of Hopkins and some of these other guys, I really do like what our football team is doing right now. We are picking up some key veteran type players. You know, Edwards comes to the mix. We picked up Damian Harris, the running back from the Patriots, which I think that's a great move. I like him quite a bit. Um, you know, we've already picked up uh, Sherfield. Um, so there's some there's there's some guys, and there's those types of pieces. Maybe they're not superstars but they're reliable vets that can give you good minutes and good plays right and they'll help our football team right and last week we did talk about the fact that um isaiah mckenzie was going to be due the two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and there was a good chance he'd be cut the next day <laughs> right he was um he has now been signed by indianapolis so um he already has a new home 
Um, who else? Uh, I think was signed today. Um, Crowder was signed yeah, by Crowder. by the Giants and uh, Tommy Sweeney also. Yes. So, um, you know, I actually like that because I I feel like Tommy Sweeney always ends up on the team, even though we don't really use them. So I feel like now uh, we can actually focus on on getting a tight end um, to complement Knox, um, whether it's in the draft or somebody in free agency. Um, obviously, everyone you know. Uh, wants these big name guys, but we might just find, you know, a, a diamond in the rough in the, in the draft. This is a good draft for tight ends. Um, so you can find somebody in mid to late rounds that's going to, you know, have an impact if we play them. Um, so I'm actually, you know, glad that, uh, that it's just Morris and Knox right now on the, uh, on the roster for tight end. Cause you know, that gives us a chance to actually upgrade at that position as well. Um, for the, for the depth piece there. Um, but can right, you go well, ahead and are we going to go ahead and try to find flex off the ball type tight ends or are we going to try to find a true blue end of the line tight end? I think we need a blocking tight end to complement Knox, right. um, but that can also catch, uh, you know, when the time comes. I, I feel like, yeah, I keep on going back to Washington, Darnell Washington, yeah. um, you know, out of Georgia. Um, the fact that, he, you know, he's just he, he that's what he did at Georgia. He blocked. But then every, you know, catch drill that he did, and granted it's a drill, um, but, you know, at the combine, he was ridiculous. I was just going to make like, that comment. Yeah. My man well, had one catch filmed. They caught it on film, and now it's like – I'm not even talking about just that him. one catch. Um, you know, they there. I, I watched some um, some videos of people, you know, that were, you know, recording him and stuff like that. Um, he can catch the ball. And obviously after I saw that, I went back and watched some Georgia film. When he is thrown the ball, he is um, very good at it. So um, he has a really good touch. So and and he's massive. So I, I think that it'll be um, it would be good, especially you know if we can put him on the on the right side when we're you know very concerned about whether or not you know Spencer Brown um, and and or Questenberry, whoever is um, on the right side at the time, to give them help when needed. But if we're but if we're worried about giving them help, we need to go ahead and find another tackle. And I think we will. I just don't think that they'll start year one. I, I feel like I really do feel that the the Bills want to to bring somebody in and develop them, quote unquote, develop them, um, which they never do in the first year. They take it's almost like they take the first year off from doing it, uh, and then you know he'll be in there, you know, for if Brown doesn't work out or. They'll put him in as, as a depth piece because Questenberry is only on a one-year deal. Well, you know, we had some comments. Daryl Daryl Fletcher says, you know, he agrees. Washington's like a small O-lineman. Um, I'd rather have a tight end. I don't want another small O-lineman. But he Let's, can catch the ball. For, I, mean, I understand like, what he's two, saying. I mean, I the it. two tight end sets that we could have I with him, it. people would be so he like. He's not going to run a uh, two tight end set. Yes, they wanted. they And everyone complained last year when there I said nothing, the same they thing. They should have run with Quentin Morris. There's nothing they, wrong with him. They, I said the same thing last year when I saw it at camp and everyone was like, and um, I was, I guess appeared on a couple of, um, of different pods. And I was like, they were running two tight end sets at, at camp. I think they want to do it. They just never felt comfortable enough having Morris out on the, on the field like that. But the problem is, is the best thing about a two tight end set is not the passing game. The best thing about two tight end sets, the running game, because it adds extra gaps that the defense has to defend. So if you right. really talk to offensive linemen or, 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 coordinators 
that are O-line type guys, they're going to tell you that they love, they call it ace formation. They love ace because two tight ends make extra gaps, means more more defensive uh, players have to come down in the box to play the run. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Quentin Morris fan. I don't know how you can sit there and say he, he doesn't. I'm a Quentin Morris fan too. I just don't, I, I don't feel like that they had the confidence of putting him in there. And I think that they're, you know, we're quick that when one person, um, you know, makes a mistake that, it was kind of like we we pull them and we and we don't give them another chance. So if you drop a pass or something like that, I don't even feel like we gave him the chance. I feel like he was only active a couple of games where he was actually in the game. So, but anyways, we digress. The thing, I, the thing is that, I, and I will say this: it's not the fact that they weren't comfortable with Morris. Your 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 quarterback is not a two tight end set quarterback. He's not. That's not his gig. I don't believe so. I think it's more the quarterback than it was the tight ends. But go ahead. You, you well, go. I I mean, obviously, I I think Josh can do whatever Josh puts his mind to doing. Honestly, I think that it just needs to be part of what is schemed into the game. And I think Dorsey started to try to open up the playbook. And I honestly believe that the playbook was too hard, and that's why they scaled it back. And I honestly believe that they did that not only because it was too hard, but because Josh didn't have any confidence in the line anymore. So you can tell the difference between the start of the the season and the end of the season, the more he became annoyed or, you know, whatever it was with the line, the injury, you know, affected him and everything else. I honestly think that they started pulling things back and it was kind of like Josh go out there and do whatever the heck you can do. And try to get us a first down. I just rewatched the the Miami game today. I turned on when I got home. I turned on uh, the the second one. I'm not, I'm not ever reliving the horror of being in the 110 degrees and uh, in September ever again. I was there in person and it was ridiculous. Um, but it was on the NFL Network when I got home, and it was literally just you know Josh, do what you can. Uh, and you know some of these you know some of these things that he was doing, like you can tell it was the play was broken down and, and he was just doing whatever he physically could do to, you know, to get somebody open to whatever. Um, and I think that that's our biggest, my biggest complaint on um, not only the line, but the wide receivers is I think that the frustration gets to them. Sometimes the line gives up and we've seen plenty of video of that happening and the wide receivers are never stop. They, they always stop working. They never come back to the ball. And other than, I mean, other than digs, um, I think that's my biggest complaint with with you know our wide receivers. And last week we got into a little discussion about. Um, oh, I've got all kinds of discussions right now. Go ahead. <laughs> we got into a little discussion about wide receivers, and I made the comment that I think that we still need a slot guy, and I still think we need a boundary guy. And you were like, "No, we just need tons of slot guys. We already have the the outside guys." And um, and I didn't push you on it. And uh, afterwards, I kept on like getting so frustrated in my head. I was like, I needed to push him on it because yes, we have bounder guys, but we need an upgrade at number two. I am, I am, you know, firmly in belief that we need, I don't want 15 boundary guys to be signed to the roster. No, I want one that is an upgrade over Davis. I think Davis would be great as the backup or if we have a four wide receiver set out there, he is going to be a mismatch on whatever corner or, you know, safety or linebacker, whoever he ends up having to be matched up against because we have, you know, four wide receivers out there. And, you know, 
I think that it, it'll be ridiculous. So I still think, you know, that's why I want Hopkins or Judy or Claypool. I want one more upgrade at the boundary. All right, I have a couple deals, and 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 I would I would take a <laughs> I would take a, a I like Hopkins. I would take Hopkins. He's one of my one of my favorite players. But if our offense, and by the way, I love the Bills. Bills fans' perception of Josh Allen is kind of like the movie Tombstone. Have you ever seen Tombstone? I have, but it's and they have the scene where they're they're caught in the crossfire by the by the creek by the river, and finally Wyatt just or he just says he starts screaming and walks in the middle of the of the river and he just starts shooting and he shoots everybody and then later on they're sitting up leaning up against a tree and an old boy says have you seen Wyatt and and Doc goes Doc Holiday goes you might want to check down by the creek I heard he's walking on water. It, that is our perception of Josh Allen. Like, I think people honestly believe that he walks on water and that he uh-huh. can touch <laughs> the sick and heal them. And that on the third day, no he lies resurrected told. from the tomb. Like, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a holiday that is directed towards him. I kid, but the fact of the matter is, is that he did not play great football last year. Okay. He if, was you wanna point, if you want to put, there you go. There's an excuse, right? He was injured. <laughs> Um, there's always an excuse. We're going to pull videos out, out of context. I don't see the whole play. I see one little part of it. And then we're going to make a million comments about how the offensive line is lazy and doesn't finish plays or, you know, all these different things. And it's a, it's the whole, it's, it's, it's not a part. I'm about the whole, I'm not about a part. Some of the questions I have is if we're so deficient at O-line, why are you conti- why is everybody continually saying we need to draft wide receiver? We need to draft running back. We need to draft you should be building your offensive line, right? So far all we've done is is signed two veteran players that were borderline journeymen and we haven't upgraded at tackle. And you know, to me if our offensive line is so bad and our quarterback has just walked around and let it be known that you know, he's just fed up with them, shouldn't we be fixing it? Oh, I, 100%. And I think we will, but it's going to be at, in the draft. I, I honestly think that, you know, we're going to, we'll have a couple more depth pieces come in and, and fight for, you know, act, you know, a position or, you know, or, um, you know, hopefully at least maybe practice squad. But I honestly think that we will focus on it in the draft. Do I think that it's going to be our number one pick? No, I do not. Because at 27, I don't think there is going to be that many first round tackles or guards or or centers left now second round um i do believe um the the guard out of syracuse um they've they've worked out that they and they really like and that for some reason i can't think of his name someone will bergeron up, or something yeah, like that bergeron, someone's yeah. gonna put it in the yeah. um in the the comments um but it was bergeron yeah um i you know i honestly think that they might actually um you know wait until third fourth or fifth um to get you know, that, that depth, there are some guys that will be taken in the seventh round that within the, um, within a year or two can still start on, on one of these teams. This is a year that you have a couple of people that are kind of definites in the, in the first round. And then it it falls off. I think until, you know, fourth or fifth round is where you're going to find a lot of those, those pieces. So I honestly think that that's where we'll find, you know, and I, and I think we'll, we'll take a, a tackle, but I think it'll be a guard slash center or more specifically a center um, 
if we only take two offensive linemen in the draft. John Herring says that we should trade down and get an extra second day or an extra second round pick. I agree with John. If, if there's not somebody at 27 that we absolutely love, trade down the later into the first round. If there's not somebody there, trade out of the first round and move to the to the second round and stockpile picks. We'll get more quality players and we'll save money on the cap. But I still go back to the fact that, you know, we we I think our quarterback probably threw more red zone interceptions than anybody else in the league. But we don't, true. you know, we don't want to we never want to criticize him. And I'm not saying that he's not great. He's a great player, but he does right. deserve some of the blame. Um, And I don't think anyone is not blaming him for some of it, but yes, I, I honestly think between him trying to make everything happen, not having a good run game in the, the red zone and Josh feeling like it it's all on his shoulders and, I, you know, and we, we've all complained about it. Dorsey was a first-year OC. You know, he has to be able to get people open. So, we, you know, he's need, he needs to figure that out this offseason. And hopefully he, um, he, you know, he's realizing it. I, I know um, from, from Dorsey's history um, and all the way back from at UM, the guy is the kind of guy that he is most self-critical. We saw him blow up in the um, in the uh, booth when he didn't have something go his way at the end of the Miami game. He blew up. He is so, and he probably took the whole loss on himself. That is who he is. He's going to make himself better. This, if there's nothing else that you know he does, he will study everything to a T and make himself better this off season. And I can't wait to see it. And if I'm wrong, I will admit it next year at the end of the year that I was wrong because I said the same thing because we were all on this, you know, the same thing with Dayball and everyone after 2019 was fire him, fire him, fire him. And I'm like, you guys need to give him a chance. We're still one of the number one, um, you know, or we were a top 10 offense and Josh was only in the second year. So now it's goes into 2020 and statistically Josh's best year ever. And we looked ridiculous. We were on fire the whole entire year. So I just think that we're ready to throw in the towel with um, with him. I just There's... wanted to to put up. Um, Zachary asked Jerry, "What do you think of Cody Mouch Mouch in uh, the third um, round?" Well, if you get him in the third, it'd be wonderful. I mean, it'd be I think, great. I think, I think he's going to be the there in the third. He's probably not in the third. Yeah. Um, that's why I like to stockpile picks and move into the second if I have to, because I'll probably be in the higher end of the second round and have a chance to get a guy like him. I like him a lot. He's a big dude. He's athletic. He's kind of a throwback. Um, he he runs well. He's a great athlete. Uh, I think he could play guard and tackle. Uh, I like him to tackle where he is now. But, um, no, he'd be a tremendous pickup for the Bills if they could get him. I don't think he'll be there in the third. If he is, that would be a wonderful pick. But I'll be, I digress one, one minute before we go to something else. I will say this, Sarah. There's only one person who is allowed to publicly criticize Josh Allen. And when he does it, it's cute, and it's about compassion, and it's about competing, and we just all know how much he wants to win, and that's Stephon Diggs. He's the only one that's allowed to publicly to uh, publicly criticize Josh, or nobody else is allowed to. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just I, being I've... silly. I know I've sick. had I've had issues with with Joshua Patrick Allen at times, but our team as a whole 
was and, and I, I feel ridiculous even saying this because we finished 13 and three. We were, had, uh, you know, one of the number one offenses. I think we were number two Please in the entire you. league, yes. everything. But he had moments where he he looked bad and we all we all, you know, saw it. And yes, he was injured. You know, there was there was reasons for that. The <clears throat> O-line was terrible. You know, our running backs couldn't, you know, run for a first down if they tried. So it was an it was an off year, but statistically we were still one of the best offenses in in the yes. NFL. I, I truly believe it was a big part of what our issue was is we didn't have any identity offensively. I think we and just I, kind of grasped, I think we yeah. kind of grasped straws and we just kind of threw it against the wall and saw it stuck. And I think that that's you know that is part partially because Dorsey was doing this for the first time. He wasn't a first yeah. year OC for the Bills, and I've said this you know ad nauseum. He was a rookie OC. Period. He actually got an OC job um, for um, Appalachian um, Appalachia State uh, probably five six years ago ish. Um, and then he he ended up getting um, brought up to to Buffalo as the quarterback coach. So he actually never was the OC um, at you know at the college. So he's never done it before, even at the collegiate uh, collegiate level. So give him the year. I think that this year it's going to be different. He's going to have a lot of weapons, and I feel like a whole off season of knowing what these weapons are and knowing. Okay, so we we have this guy who can do this, and we have this guy that can do this. You know, we have three different style running backs that we can do this. I feel like he is going to go into the season with a not a bigger playbook, a more specific playbook that he knows exactly what to use with with everybody that is going to remain on the team. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, and I think that our offense, especially if we get a true number two um, and an upgrade at at the slot position as well, um, and you know, and nothing against uh, Sherfield or Hardy, I think that they'll both. I think I honestly think they'll both make the team. I'm just not quite sure. I think Hardy's more of the the gadget play guy. Um, so I, I think it'll be fun to to see what this is going to be um, next year. I think we've already you know up upgraded at most of our positions. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, last week, we had a bunch of questions that came in from Facebook and Twitter. Yes, we did. Uh, we, 
we weren't able to get through them all. Um, we actually got some more. So let's get, I'm going to pop up a couple. Um, Ryan from Facebook says, I love Morris, but if there's a better use of that cap, how much of a drop off would it be to cut him um, or, uh, or trade, I guess, um, and uh, go to Bates as our center? Uh, I have not, I've seen Bates a little bit, obviously, because of the Morris injuries he played. I, I think that there would probably a, be a bigger locker room void than there would be on the field void. I don't think Bates would be a, a bad center as long as he kept – I mean, he got the, the reps. He he practiced that way every week. He was there. And that's why I kind of tongue-in-cheek said what I said earlier today with them bringing in uh, the Edwards guy from L.A. We've already got McGovern from Dallas. Now, all of a sudden, you kind of free some things up. Um so I don't know. I mean, obviously, Mitch Morris is a huge veteran presence. Those guys are hard to come by. I played next to one of the best centers, if not the best center in Buffalo Bills history, Kent Hull. Um, and it was a big deal playing next to a vet like that. M- Mitch is that kind of guy. So I think that leadership would probably be what we missed more than anything. Obviously, he's still a quality player. I really, really like him. I hope it works out where he does play. But if we had to play Bates there – I think we'd be able to absorb that loss and be okay. All right. So this one, I'm going to, I'm going to get in on, on this next question as well, but I want, I want to hear your answer too. What would be your strongest criticism of being at this point? And what would be your strongest criticism of the coaching staff? We already kind of touched on, on offense. So. Um, you know, let's, I, I let's go head coaching and being at this point. Probably my, my biggest, I'll, I'll go being first. And I think because I had that when you said that first, I kind of had that on my mind. I would probably say right now, Bean's done a really, really good job of picking skill type positions. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about our offensive line draft picks. And I'm a little bit concerned about our defensive front seven. I shouldn't say front seven, our D line draft picks. Um, Some of those guys haven't quite panned out yet to what they should be. Um, you know, obviously, there's a ton of talk about Ed Oliver. The the uh, the book is still out on Spencer Brown. We talk about his injury situation and stuff, so we'll see what happens there. So uh, maybe their evaluation of the big guys. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I I think Bean's done a wonderful job. I think he's managed the cap great, um, brought in very good veteran presence, and uh, has done well at the other positions. Right. I think with Bean, for me. Um it's kind of done down the same lines when it comes to what he's done. Well, I feel like we all want these big splashy players and these names. I feel like every year he consistently finds someone who can potentially upgrade a position that we're losing in free agency um, and do it for, you know, an affordable um, price. I actually think he's been pretty brilliant with it this off season. Um, Damian Harris was, I think his market value was like $7 million. Um, and, you know, we got him for, don't quote me. I think it was like three um, with the bonus and everything. I think it was one point something plus a bonus, like ridiculous, um, you know, savings that w- that we're getting there and an upgrade at the, at the position. Um, 
I, I honestly think that that's something that he's done really well in um, within free agency. Yes, we're not going out and spending $20 million on our, you know, offensive tackle, which everyone, you know, wants. But then everyone, when it, when it happens, everyone's like, well, where's the rest of the money to, to sign the, the 15 other players that we really need on this team? Not just for, you know, uh, you know, OTAs and, and training camp, but actually need so that they can, they, they're going to, you know, be on this team moving forward. Um, my biggest criticism would also be the draft, but I think the draft all around. I don't feel like he's really hit. And you said specialty players. I actually think, um, you know, that they they don't really have a niche for that. I feel like um, we haven't really drafted, um, you know, wide receivers. We haven't, you know, drafted, um, you know, early enough. Uh, I, I don't feel like they've really hit on on anyone in our draft well, other than obviously Josh. Edmonds was a, you know, was a hit. Um I think Rousseau is getting there. I think he showed what he could be when um, when Vaughn was was playing last year. I think when Vaughn went out, um, the whole line kind of um, dissipated a little bit. The the play. Um, so you know, I think that they've hit on on a few players, uh, but I think overall that would probably be my my biggest criticism of of Bean. Right, and and I'm going to go at the Mafia cast. They bring up the fact that Bean's never taken a, an alignment in the first round, but he's taken Cody Ford in the second. Um, you know, so there's some things that he's done there, and and you can say what you will. He took Ed Oliver in the first round, and like I said, I'm, I have extensive knowledge of Ed Oliver because I we played him for three years at Tulsa, and I've seen the film, and and we did very very well blocking Ed Oliver in college and. We don't have a bunch of offensive linemen from that line that are in the NFL. So I'm not saying Ed's not a good player. I'm just saying, is he worthy of where he was picked? I think that was a draft where there was a run on D linemen. We panicked a little bit and we took him when we took him. But, you know, um, I think you're right. I mean, there's some things draft wise that maybe are a little bit iffy. I, I do believe he manages the cap very well. I do think it, overall, though, he is a good drafter of players. And, and I think he's done a good job of building this roster. Moving on to the coaches. I think it's two things. One is I think we're hardheads. We're a little bit set in our – I mean, and this is all coaches, okay? I'm not telling on anybody, but, you know, a, a coach, a lot of them, especially guys that are in the league, believe that they can take anybody and coach them up, right? Um, you know, we do some things defensively, especially defensively. I'm not talking offensively. I'm talking defensively because that's what he is, okay? He is a D coordinator at heart. We do some things and we stay in it and we never get out of it, even if it's not really working for us. And that's bothering to me. And the other thing is, and probably more than anything, and the little the first part is a little bit nitpickish, but the biggest thing to me is is we play a style of defense that is like black, it's like playing blackjack, right? We are a percentages defense. If the dealer's showing six or less, we're staying, right? Because they're gonna take a hit, they're gonna take a hit and they're gonna bust. We play defense like that all the time, and it's great for 99% of the times. But with 13 seconds left in a in an AFC uh, you know divisional championship game, still too soon. <laughs> it's not good enough, um, and we have to be more aggressive and we have to do some things yeah. differently. So that's probably my biggest my biggest complaint is that we we're a little bit set in our ways. We're really really good percent. That's why we win more games than we lose. But we tend to have issues sometimes winning the big one, right? right. Because we just won't get out of that 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 comfort zone. Yeah, I, and and I don't know if it's comfort or if it's um, being 
being a little arrogant, I guess, um, because it works all season. Um, but I've said it, you know, a, probably half dozen times when it comes down to it, when it doesn't work, you don't want to try that out in, in the, uh, the postseason Cause then you're, it's one or done, you know, one and done, um, in, in the postseason. So, um, I hate when we, when we go into the, you know, the soft defenses and, and we're, you know, 10, 15 yards off the ball. I, it, it bugs the heck out of me. I, you know, I understand that we're the Ben don't break mentality, um, you know, a lot, but I feel like, um, we have the, we have the corners and we have the safeties to, to be able to press a little bit more and in, you know, instead of being so far, far off the ball it, and it just, it, it bugs me that, you know, um, in this, especially once we get to the postseason, I, I, I don't really mind it during the season, but obviously if you're going to run a defense, you want to have, you know, reps in a game of, of how you're, how you're running the defense. So, I don't obviously want us to, um, you know, to to run it one way during the season and then, you know, switch it up in the the off season. But I definitely think that I think my biggest criticism is the uh, with the coaching staff is the inability to the inability, excuse me, to change um, yeah. and make adjust and make adjustments. Most importantly, throughout the game, um, I think we were pretty good at it in the beginning of the season, but we really didn't need to make too many adjustments. Um, first, you know, four or five weeks of the season last year, um, I think they had one or two uh, second half touchdowns against the, the defense. We were ridiculous coming out in the second half, um, you know, for the, the first um, third of the season. I, you know, I want to go back to, to that. Like, why did, why were we able to make adjustments then? But as the season went on, um, we, you know, we didn't, we, people were making adjustments against, against us. And we were just um, looking uh kind of unimaginative. Um, you know, we, sometimes, you know, we would get like the Minnesota game, we were out so far ahead. And I think green Bay too, um, green Bay, we still won, but they, they came back, um, and, and start, we started looking really bad in the second half. Minnesota was ridiculous. What, what we allowed to, to happen. Um, and we all knew that Minnesota was a second half team. Um, so why put ourselves in that situation where, you know, we're not making, the right adjustments um, to knowing that they're going to be making adjustments because they were down at half. So that's my biggest, you know, criticism. Um, I would say, let me go to the next. All right. So this was the one from last week. I don't want to bore everybody who actually knows. Um, Hold on. You let, know. Me get, let me, let me get comfortable. All right, go ahead. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to change this up a little bit. So everyone has, you know, been talking about um, adding D hop and everyone's, you know, in the beginning it was, oh, we can't afford D hop. And, um, and, and for those of you who are not into the uh, brevity of, of said name, it's, it's, it's Mr. Hopkins from the Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Yes. So basically someone on, on Facebook, Cheryl on Facebook, she asked, um, can you explain contracts and signing bonuses and dead cap and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, because everyone starts to make comments and people are making some wrong comments and, you know, I have to be like, no, that's not the case. No, that's not the case. So someone actually said that, um, that Deandre's cap hit would, um, would be 20, you know, uh, excuse me, 30 plus million dollars if he, the bills were to sign him. So, 
I just want to explain quickly, the base salary is what comes over to us. If there is a roster bonus, that comes over to us as well. Signing bonus um, and restructures stay with the team. The option, it depends on what the option is. Um, but any, si any signing bonus or any restructures, it becomes immediate dead cap. So the one thing about signing bonuses is it's a full amount broken up in the amount of years of the contract. So if it's a four-year contract and it's $20 million, you're going to break it up $5 million a year. Um, a roster bonus, the difference with that is a roster bonus can be different every year. So you can have a $1 million roster bonus one year. The next, million, the next year, you can have a $5 million roster bonus. If they are on the team on said day of the, the following NFL year, um, they will get paid that money. And if you let them go, it becomes dead cap. So the important thing about dead cap is dead cap doesn't follow the player. It stays with the, the, um, the team that they're on. So if we're trading for somebody and um, so DeAndre Hopkins, what he what we would be paying him is the $19.45 million this year and $14.9 million next year. Now, that doesn't mean that that's what it has to be. If we want to offer a third round pick, knowing that right now he's the, what they're kind of saying is a fifth round pick for him. Um, we could offer a third round if they want to keep some of the if they want to keep some of the contract. DeAndre's already said that he's willing to uh, renegotiate his contract. So um, there's a lot of things we can do. Now we can we can uh, restructure his contract, turn it into a signing bonus, which would space it. The signing bonus would be spaced over the years of the contract. Um, we could add void years. So void years are basically years that he's not playing but that signing bonus would be um, split over those years. So even though he's not with us, um, we would be paying the, um, the, those, uh, the, the signing bonus over those years. If we cut somebody, um, you can also do or trade. You can do a pre-June or a post-June. If you do post-June, um, the, basically the dead cap is split over the, um, this year and next year. So what, if you have, two or three years uh, left on the contract, you would pay whatever the dead cap is for this year. And then everything becomes um, due next year. Um, if you do post June, if you do pre June, the everything is due immediately, immediately that um, the season, if they're cut within the season or traded within the season. So um, those are the two designations. Again, I don't want to bore everybody. We can go into so many different little nuances of um, of what it can mean. But for those people who get interested and in wanting, to, you know, um, to know, you know, like we've talked about um, uh, Cooper Cup, um, and and someone, you know, was like, "Let's trade for Cooper Cup." I'm like, "Go to go to his contract and see what his contract looks like." Um, at least, you know, you can go on to uh, you know over the cap or or Sport Track and. And kind of see, you know, what you know what we're we're looking at. But again, it's not the the cap hit. The cap hit that they have is not what what it would be the trading team. Um, it you know some of that is going to go with the the team that is um, is trading them is letting them go. Now for our players, every time we restructure one of our players and convert some of their base salary to a signing bonus, we are adding money and pushing it down the road. Once they are let go, if we let them go with two or three years left on their contract, 
sometimes even, you know, one, one year on their contract, that money is going to be due eventually. So we're just kicking the can down the road. So uh, sometimes it's worth it because every year the salary cap goes up. So it's, you know, one of those things where um, you're hoping and praying that uh, it goes up more than what we're going to owe in, in dead cap. Um, but that's why when everyone was talking about Diggs wanting to be traded, he had a $45 million dead cap hit if he was going to be tra- traded. Us restructuring him um, increased that even even more. Diggs isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and the other real important number of contract talks is no matter how much money anybody makes, half of it goes to the government. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, it's not half. We, you know, we joke Shoot. about that. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. The government, yes. I thought you were referring to what Poirier was saying about. Yeah, I was. New York I was. State. Well, no, it's. Yeah, well, you throw New York State and the federal government in. It's. Yeah. No. Yes. Together. Together. It, That's what it, I'm saying. Yes. Together. But at the time, now I'm sure it's the same way. At the time when I when I was playing, the only state in the union that had a higher tax rate than New York State was Alaska. If you can, if you can make believe that. So that's yeah. the only state that had a higher tax rate. Yeah. All right. Gotta love so it. Let's, let's go to the next question. And sorry for those of you that I bored. <laughs> um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see. Uh, Jim from Twitter said, what are your thoughts on the value for um, Ed Oliver trade? And what about Judy or Hopkins? Obviously, this was asked before the the whole Hopkins hype train. Started. I think you got to give the problem is, is you, you should get a first round pick for Ed Oliver. If you move Ed, you should get a one. <laughs> are you going to get a one? No, it's not going to happen because hmm. why? Well, I'll just wait a year. And I'll get Ed for not giving, you know, I'll make a run at him without giving up a draft pick because you're not going to re-sign him after five. So, um, yes, I. if you were to trade Ed Oliver, I think hopefully you you, you got to demand at least a two because I don't think you're going to get a one, which is crazy because what was he, 13th overall or something like that? Yeah, um, but I mean, he hasn't lived up to it. I right. think with I personally think with Ed, um, there was someone from the Bears actually posted yesterday um, a tweet about, you know, do you think that, um, we would be able to get Ed Oliver by swapping firsts and maybe throwing in a fourth to make it happen? And everyone's like, is he freaking nuts? And I'm like, guys, shut up because hopefully <laughs> we'll get the ninth. Over- no, wait a second. We get the, <laughs> the ninth, ninth overall pick. And they get the 27th and then they're going to throw in a fourth. And they're going to throw in a fourth. And we can get we $10 do, million dollars off our, our book. Can we, yeah. Yes. Can we please do that? Yeah. I was like, he's hired as GM for a day, please, right, uh, right. of, you know, Chicago's right. uh, GM. Um, I, you know, I, rep- I replied back jokingly, um, but obviously I don't think, um, I, and I, I replied back jokingly, like Ed Oliver is uh, such an amazing, um, imagine getting a first round pick. Um, for $10 million a year, who's going to, you know, right. shore up your defense. Yeah. Um, but Hey, mafia, how do you feel about, uh, JSN at nine? So, you know, right. yeah, if it was, to, if it was to happen, holy crap, 
not going to happen. I think realistically, we would probably accept a fourth knowing that it's going to take $10 million off our right. book. And Daniel, Daniel says, you know, Oliver was ninth overall with one year left on his contract. No chance you get a one or a two for him. Um, you would, you know, be lucky to get a third. And I think, you know, I think he's right. I mean, nobody's just going to give stuff away, but um, it, it's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can we do that, please? Can we please yeah. go ahead and do that? I thought it was pretty hilarious, but you know, I had a little fun with it yesterday. Um, so Judy and Hopkins, I think Judy, because he's younger and he's still on his, his rookie deal, um, he probably can get a, a second or a third. Um, I think when they were asking for a first and a player, it's not going to happen. Um, I, I think Hopkins is, I think before the Cooks trade, um, it probably would have been third or fourth, um, you know, or, you know, third and fourth in a player, something like that. Um, I think after the Cooks trade, especially because they also took on some of that contract. So to only get a fifth and a sixth and then taking on some of that contract as well, um, you know, really pushed the the trade market down, I think. So I think Hopkins is going to probably get uh, a fourth or a fifth. Um, and that's, I think, a fourth, third or fourth only if we take if they take on some of the, that contract. Um, but the thing about Judy is, is that the Broncos are in the same kind of boat as us as far as wanting high, a lot of picks. Because I think the Broncos, if I remember correctly, traded up to get him and gave up a King's ransom to get to that spot. Um, yeah, you mentioned that last week. I don't, I don't yeah. really know, but at the same time, like he, you know, he was injured one year. He hasn't had a a quarterback, a, a a good quarterback, you know, to throw to him. Last year, yes, they brought in Wilson, but then you know they had a mess on the you know on the entire offense. So, um, I honestly think that you know they want picks at this point. So, but I I don't necessarily think it has to be a high pick, but they also want. Um, a quality player. So I think that you could trade a, a player. I'm not saying that they would be interested in Oliver. Um, and he's right now, one of the the players that, you know, I'd be willing um, to kind of let go. Boogie Basham today made a comment. Um, we're all looking at these, these different tweets and, you know, IG, you know, posts and stuff. Um, he could be going through something, you know, completely different, but we're looking at it as, you know, oh, he's got to be talking about the bills or something. Um, maybe that there, you know, maybe there's something there where, you know, he might be out the door. Think about this, okay? Um, and this going back to the Jerry Judy situation, right now, at this point in his career, he's accumulated 1,453 yards on 97 receptions. He's only been tar- he's been targeted 185 times in his career, but has only scored a four touchdowns with only one of those coming after his rookie season. And if you round out of statistics, he has a whopping 15 drops and three fumbles. That's what you're going to go ahead and make a bunch of trades for. Do I think he could get better with a change of scenery? Of course I could. I think yeah. he would. And and as you stated, I mean, Josh is not the quarterback that they've had in Denver. But still, I mean, you've got to really watch. I mean, there's names and then there's production, and you got to really look at production. I personally like Hopkins more than any oh, well, other of receiver. Course. I mean, Hop- that's, Hopkins – That's my deal. Hopkins is, you know, not only the name, he has the, you know, he has the stats to to go with it. Judy, I'm just going to say, you know, in his defense, you know, he hasn't had that that quarterback play right. um, where he really needs to. And again, one one season he was out for six or seven games. Um, so, of course, his stats weren't weren't up there. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, 
I think it was 2020 or 2021. Um, he had a really good season um, and he had a, a trash quarterback, uh, you know, throwing to him. So I think that he could be something special. Um, but again, you know, how many teams want to throw the kitchen sink at a could be? So there's that potential there. But again, how much are you going to give for potential? You know what you're getting. That's the same thing with the draft. You know, you're you're giving up a, your first round pick to go after, you know, one of these special players, you know, we're talking about, you know, we've been talking about Bijan or taking a wide receiver. Well, if they don't pan out, then it's, you, you kind of wasted that, that pick in, you know, everyone's eyes. It's, it's, you know, a wasted pick. So we know what, um, what DeAndre Hopkins is. We don't quite know how good Judy can be, but I actually think that, um, as much as I want Judy, I think Claypool would actually be a little bit more of an interesting um, pick because it would be for um, basically one year. And you no, know, I, not... I agree. I agree with you. The only people, the only reason people are riding with Judy is because he went to Alabama. Period. End of discussion. Um, Clay, they're they're still looking at his at his college career. Um, he hasn't been a very good pro. I think Claypool is a very good receiver. I would take him over Judy as well. Yeah. And I think that it's, uh, you know, still in a very affordable, um, you know, wide receiver. I don't think that Chicago needs them. Um, it could be a, you know, one for one. We give them, they, you know, we give them Oliver and they give us uh Claypool um, type thing, which in the end, it still helps us because we're getting that $10 million off the books. So my, um, man, John, my man, John is riding for, for B. John Robinson now. I love it. I love the, the I, I'm, I'm still telling you, Bijan's not going to be there at 27. But if he is, I 100% believe you still have to go for him. I do. I I think that he is, you know, everyone's using the, the you know, the new uh, token word. He's a general generational uh, running back. I honestly think, though, he is. And nowadays with the running back, you know, especially in the first round, you're getting him for the first five years. Now, with that being said, I think a lot of these running backs come third or fourth year are starting to, you know, starting to get frustrated with, you know, their production versus what they're getting paid. You know, Austin Eckler is going through it right now. I will so, say this, Sarah. This is one thing I will say about the whole running back situation. If you do pick one and you keep them five years and then let them move, I mean, what is the 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 highest the highest pay or I would, what is Saquon getting for the franchise tag? Is he even getting ten? I think it's. I think for running backs, it was uh, nine this yeah. year. Yeah, you're not even. If this guy's is the dynamic player that you say he is at that position, and I say at that position, that position now demands a lot less money. But you've got a very pro- highly productive player making under. This is the top contract in the league under nine million dollars. So, um, yeah, I mean that's doable. But when you look at the grand scheme of things. And we just with with just signing Harris and having the players we have with Cook last year, are we willing to burn twenty seven on a running back when we have so many other needs? Yeah, and I I have a lot of uh, hate coming in the the comments of <laughs> about Claypool. I'm just gonna say one thing. A lot of people are saying that you know either Claypool sucks or they they're not sure about Claypool. The one thing I will say about him is he has not had a quarterback no, throwing hasn't. to him. So. 
Um, he's and he still put up um, pretty, you know, pretty good numbers. Well, when he and had Paul, Big Ben, when he had Roethlisberger, he put up good numbers. Yeah, that was his uh, his rookie year, I believe, and that yeah. was only his rookie year. So, um, you know, I, I honestly think that it's worth um, it's worth a discussion. But you know, we're all we're all, I know we're all on the the D Hop train, so or D Hop watch. So Every time uh, you say D Hop, I think of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I think of Hopkins, D Hop. If you're into that whole, if you're not into the whole brevity thing, I just keep it just keeps me bringing back to the Big Lebowski. I'm sorry. All right, so no, that's funny. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that. To be honest with you, you've never seen know. you've never seen the Big Lebowski. So. Oh my <laughs> I don't gosh. Think so. All there right, you go. So that, that's your homework for the week. That's my homework. Watch the Big Lebowski. I've been watching uh so much uh streaming so much. I've been on uh Game of Thrones lately. So oh really? Um yeah, trying to get that get get that out of the out of the way because I was one of the people that never never watched it. Uh, Keith from Facebook said, "What do you feel is our biggest need this off season in either free agency or the draft at this point?" Um. So with some of the moves that we've made, are you still on the the offensive line, or do you still feel like we we need a wide receiver? What do you feel is our biggest need? Our biggest need is we better find somebody up the middle of our defense, whether that's a linebacker or that's a quality defensive lineman. And so that would lead me to say that we need a linebacker, and then we're going to have to fill in some gaps um, as far as the defensive secondary goes. I still think you're going to have to find safeties. I'm not convinced that Micah is going to be there. Um, and if he is, um, you mean? we're coming back from a, what a neck injury and yeah. what else you, so the, you don't think that he plays after the fusion? Uh, well, first of all, I feel like that's that why is, Poyer came back was because, so he can play with Micah. Look, look, playing, playing the way you have played and staying on the field are three different things. I'm happy he's back, but we're talking about a cervical fusion this isn't anything to mess with the last guy that i knew that had a cervical fusion and tried to come back and quickly had difficulties and retired was chris spielman um you know live that whole thing uh i hope he can play and i hope he can play highly effective football that is a tough deal and then of course you got you've got um you got jordan who is a great player who's it's awesome that he's back especially at the salary that he's back for but he's been incredibly dinged up lately so they better find some we're gonna believe it (laughs) they better they better find some help there too as far as backups go but that's i think there and then i would like to find another uh i'd find a defensive lineman linebacker help at safety and uh as a backup role and then you know offensive so you're saying all defense at this point which is all of bill's mafia at this point is going up in arms and screaming at the top of their lungs because we want offense this year, so exactly. and I, that's I think why you didn't a, go, and that's why you didn't win a divisional championship game because with 13 seconds left, you well, that you was last year. Done. We're not going to go that far back. You, know, you got to play right. defense. You got to play defense. Um, you stop you from scoring. Now, I'm I'm going to say I I obviously think that it's twofold. I think right now we haven't signed Hopkins, so I still think we need a wide receiver, but I also do believe that we need a linebacker. Um, and I do believe we need, um, a a defensive tackle because I'm, I'm betting on the fact that we're not going to have Oliver. And even if we do, I feel like we need to, to draft his replacement. Um, regardless, the, the question for me is it depends on who's there at 27, because 
to me, most of these linebackers um, aren't first round talent. Um, you know, the, I, I know everyone has Jack Campbell and Trenton Simpson. I, f- I fear that we're reaching a little bit uh, to get them off the board. Um, I have done probably 300 mock drafts. I've looked at everybody's mock drafts. I, I've went through it like crazy. I don't feel like many people have them going um, anywhere near the, the first. So I'm, I'm concerned trying to use our first round pick on one of them. Um, now if, you know, we have a D tackle that's in the first round that falls, I'm, I'm on board with saying, Hey, we need to take a defensive player in the first round. Um, but I would like us to use that. I really would like us to use that pick on either a wide receiver. The only other person on the, um, on the offense that I would say, take the, you know, take the, um, the chance is Bijan, obviously, which, you know, again, probably pisses off a lot of people. Um, I know one person put in the comments, you know, yes, you take a generational talent for what, 10 carries a, a game. Um, we need to understand that, you know, Josh is getting a little bit older. Um, he, you know, he turns, um, I think, 26 uh, in, a, in a few weeks. He is you know, granted that's still young, but he, we're not going to want him to run the same way as he starts to get older. Um, I also want to protect our $250 million man. Um, so I feel like if we could have somebody come in, um, and be that guy and work out, you got to do it. Um, I only think the only stretch of a first round pick I would not mind to do is again, uh, Darnell Washington. I know a lot of people have him going in the second. So if that's the case and you're, you're set on him being your guy trade back. Um, if you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of wide receivers that are, um, that are going to be there in the first round at 27 that are still first round talent. If that's the case trade back, um, you know, I, and, and get more picks. So I actually think that in the end, we will probably not pick at 27, um, more so than, than we will. So I actually think that we will, um, we do need quite a few pieces. I think we need a safety. Um, again, don't know how long, you know, Micah's got one year left. Poyer will probably, he has a two-year contract, but he might not play both years. He even said that in his, his conf- press conference. Um, so we need depth regardless um, and someone to, you know, to come in when they're, when they're gone. But um, I would prefer we get a, a linebacker in free agency um, and not try to rely on, on a draft pick um, on an early draft pick um, more so. So I honestly think that a, a vet coming in is going to be better. And then we have the depth with, uh, with our current linebackers that we have. I don't think that, that Dotson, um, you know, or Bernard are our starters, even if they want to say that they are. Uh, so I think we go out and get a veteran and we're also going to need defensive end as much as people like are saying, stay away from offense, stay or stay away from defense, stay away from defense. We don't know when Vaughn's going to be back. Um, Boogie Basham has not been, uh, who we wanted him to be. We have not re-signed Shaq Lawson. So, you know, we have those, those, uh, you know, issues that we have right now. So those we'll are all see. good, but all I will right. say it again. And you know, I will say it every week. Big people rule the world and they need yeah. some linemen on both sides. So, of the uh, 
so Dan Freddie, who's always on on Twitter, so keeps on you know tweeting out draft you know draft the fat guys. So um, <laughs> you know I I don't care if we're drafting them or if we're picking them up in free agency, but I do think we need to shore up both lines. I say we convince Luke Keekley to come out of retirement to be our middle linebacker. Mm, no. No, you know, we, we can have a uh, miles jet. There are so many people right now that are still free agents. We do not need anybody coming out of retirement to play the, <laughs> to play in those positions. All right. So we'll have a couple more questions next week as well. Do you want to take us out there, Jerry? We will. Awesome show. Line to gain uh, is now the new name of our show. Used to be th- uh, three man rush. Now it is line to gain. We're back on Thursday night. 9 Eastern, 8 Central, absolutely awesome show. Sarah's going to hit y'all up again, as always, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, We'll answer your questions in the second part of the show. We'll talk more free agency next week. We'll get a little bit deeper maybe into the draft and and maybe look into theory and and what they might be doing. Sarah will be heading to Kansas City. I might be there. I might not. It all depends (laughs) on what – it all depends on, A, what work says, and, B, kind of how I feel. So – We'll see how that goes, but uh, we appreciate you to listening and watching as always. Hit the like button, smash yeah. the subscribe button. Um, man, we, we we love when you do that. It helps us out, lets us know you care. We know that you, we, we got a bunch of people watching, and uh, we appreciate you so much taking the time to uh, to listen to us here on Thursdays on the Buffalo Rumblings Networks. Again, she's Sarah Larson. I'm the big O Jerry Ostrowski. This has been the Line to Gain show on the Buffalo Rumblings Network. As always, one love. And go Bills. Go Bills. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more strengthen security posture, and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.